Hello, this is Voice Your Mind podcast from Listening. Welcome to our show where we talk about the unheard who have no one to share about their insecurities and past trauma or even having difficulty opening up to people when feeling down. On this show, we will be discussing everything about mental health, depression, and suicide. We listening are just ordinary people who are or were in your similar state and are currently encouraging ourselves and learning to improve our state of mind. So here we are taking a step towards motivating you to get better with us every day of the week. So without any further delay, let's get started with the episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode and our today's guest is Annika Wilson and I'm sorry if I have like pronounce your name incorrectly. Uh, so she's a respected thought leader, speaker, podcast host, conference conference curator, and a business consultant. To um, to women who committed to lead lead through business. And our prime topic of today's conversation is trauma to triumph, and how can we use our past to actually understand our future? Like how can you use it as a key to, to our future? So I'm actually very excited to having this conversation and I am sure look, we will learn a lot from today's conversation. So, okay. So how are you doing so far? Doing good. How are you? So I'm great as well. I'm like, like very great. Okay. So, so before we talk about anything else, so like it's all about history and how can we educate ourselves? Okay. So tell me the initial part of history. So where everything got started. And when was the major breakdown you ever had? What was the major breakdown that, that you ever had? For me, it started when I was in high school. Um, and I'm far, far away from that now. Um, but I was assaulted in high school, sexually assaulted. And that changed the trajectory of my life. Because at that time, I had to figure out what I was going to live for and what it meant and what I was gonna do after that. Um, and so when that happens, it seems, you know, when you, when you compound trauma with basically lifelong trauma, because trauma doesn't just occur one time, most people experience loss, grief, you know, it, it's, it, life just keeps compounding, you know, just adds, 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 adds more. Um, I went into mental health because I wanted to understand why it happens and what our options are after something happens. So for me, it started in high school and that's when I made some lifelong decisions. You're saying, so how long was it ago? So it was in, I don't, I don't know, in terms of years actually. Oh, you're trying to get me to tell my age. Um, no, no, was... <laughs> no, no. Okay, that's not that, that high was, age. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> it was um, tw- about 25 years ago. Oh, that's pretty years. long. Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. long, like pretty damn long. Okay. So what are the things that you did uh, back then? So like you, you mentioned that you went into many mental health institutions. So what did you seek actually? Actually, so what I did was um, I did, I voluntarily committed myself into, um, into a, and, and back then it wasn't really a mental institution because I was a teenager. So it was, you know, basically this inpatient facility where I basically got a timeout. That's the way I say it. Um, I wasn't suicidal, but I definitely knew I needed a break. I needed time to just think and figure some things out. Um, 
because I didn't really know what to think about what was happening in my life. And back then they didn't really diagnose PTSD. Like it was just like, you know, you're, you're crazy or you're functioning or you're not. It wasn't a thing of, wow, a trauma happened and it's impacting you because it's going to change your life and the way you see life forever. They didn't have all of that back then. So for me, it was really a, a thing, a decision that I made. And I think by making that decision to commit myself, I think that it allowed me to understand the importance of self-care and putting my mental health first throughout my life, because I'm very quick to let a job go or to let a friend go or to let things go that stress me out. Because I think I learned back then the impact that putting yourself first and putting your mind first, the impact that it can have. Okay, that's very interesting. So I actually had three questions. Uh, like the mm -hmm. I think I, I forgot the first, first one already. Uh, so that's my bad. Okay, so the second question was, okay, okay so the, what role have letting go, of people, letting go of people have played in your life? <laughs> I actually teach all of my clients to let go. Um, I literally have a module in my courses called Dump. Because you really can't move forward until you dump the past. You can't really move forward until you dump what's holding you back, until you let go of the anchors and the people that are holding onto your ankles. Um, we hold on to things because it's comfortable, because it's normal, because it's just been there so long, including trauma and pain. Um, and I was just reading yesterday, I'm a psychologist, and I was reading about how uh, trauma and depression can cause somatoform disorders, which means basically fibromyalgia and these new disorders like conversion disorder, people are getting physically ill because of mental issues. And, and people are so afraid to call it mental issues, but everybody has something, whether it's a state of depression, a state of anxiety, constant or chronic depression or anxiety, we all face things, we all lose family members, we all suffer losses, whether it's a job or a person or um, a lifestyle. I mean, it's actually part of life for us to go through these phases. And when it's not just a phase, that's when we need to be concerned that, okay, I've been depressed for quite a while, I should have bounced back by now, maybe something's wrong. So it, it's a thing where we kind of got to do the work to teach ourselves, you know, what, what is good for us, what isn't, and what's normal to feel and what's not, if that makes any sense. It does. I was, uh, okay. So there's one thing like that was, I just remember the first question that I had. So, uh, which as actually, as, as you mentioned, back, back in those days, you actually define people if they're, they are working or they are not working like this was nothing called uh, he was depressed or anything like he was a functional human being on a non-functional human being okay so tell me more about how do you define ptsd and uh, so what is it basically so like a lot of people actually don't know how to even define it well it's post-traumatic stress disorder and back in the day they considered it shell shock it was something that they only thought was associated with war. 
So they didn't understand that people that live regular lives could experience things that would change their mindset. Um, now they're starting to learn more that there are other things that can cause PTSD. It could literally be, a, a, I'm not going to say a small, because nothing that impacts you and changes your life is small. It could be a car accident. It could be the death of a family member. I mean, if you're really close to your parent or your spouse and they're your provider and all that, it can be extremely traumatic. Um, PTSD is, is basically the after effects of a traumatic situation. And the thing about trauma is that trauma is different to every single person. Somebody can experience something and they may not, they may feel like it's not traumatic while another person can experience the same exact thing and it, it ruins their life. So trauma is such a fluid concept that people are, are so afraid of it that they're not learning about it. They're not talking about it. But for somebody like me who got raped, they love to say back in the, in the 80s and 90s, they love to say, oh, you, you're bipolar or, oh, you're schizophrenic. They would put labels on people or just throw Prozac or Wellbutrin or depression medication instead of actually processing what happened and how it impacted your life. Now they're understanding that women even get depressed after childbirth. I mean, they're learning more about depression and the impacts of lifelong changes and how that impacts, you know, different people in different places, in different ways, because it is different, like I said, for everybody. Interesting, so it's like as, as fascinating as it, as it is, it is quite like, what do you call it? Like shocking in a way. So if you, yeah. if you it's actually quite shocking and like interesting in, at the same time, because mm -hmm. on one end, people didn't knew about it and second like they were people were being abused like people yep. used to use those things to abuse others back in the days mm -hmm. okay, so yep so like I, i i wouldn't exactly say that the situations have a lot changed but it's, it is changing in the process right yes yes so what changes if you compare to like back back in 90s or 80s so compared to that so what changes have you seen so far like what changes have been made or the progressions have been made progress sorry progress have been made and so one of the things i think i think social media might be helping people are talking about it more celebrities are talking about it more people are more um likely to tell people how they feel um and i think in you know in academia you know you have you have more therapists you know back we're talking back in the 80s 90s you only had psychiatrists well now you have different kinds of therapists people are using yoga people are using you know talk therapy play therapy hypnosis people are actually digging a little deeper to find ways to to basically mend the mind you know because we we can't change the fact that we're experiencing these things and for instance look at the pandemic so many people are traumatized now whether it's from losing a bunch of family members, friends. I mean, loss is just becoming like a norm. And that's, that's not what we're used to, you know? So the, the good thing is that we have a lot more people that are studying to be therapists. We have a lot more therapists out there. We have a lot more um, medications that treat, you know, d depression and things that aren't as bad as, you know, when they used to just shock people, you know? 
we, we've advanced in, in our education about mental health, in our conversation about mental health, um, and even our attitude towards it. And I think it just takes people like us to keep talking about it, to make people feel comfortable to talk about it. Because honestly, the, the cure is talking. I mean, no matter what you do, any therapy that you choose, you have to process and talk and get it out. You have to identify and be, you know, start to be comfortable with letting go of what's holding you and, and being able to release it. And so it all starts with a conversation and, and talking about it. And I think that's something we're doing more than we used to. Especially uh, the thing is, it's pretty great that people are like start, have started to talk about it. However, like a majority, a majority, majority of population are, are still not doing anything, and not doing yeah. even a, even tiniest thing about it. Like let's say they are not even talking about to their friends or families or any other persons in the locality or their reach about what they're feeling or they're thinking about at the moment. If they're going through a trauma or they're having a like really bad time at the moment and mm -hmm. and this stuff so what I, what can we do okay so if first uh, say keep on going so i'm interpreting so that's no i was gonna let you finish your question and i'll answer both okay so my question was how can we actually uh encourage those people who are like that majority of people who are not talking right now to talk mm -hmm. I think that the best thing that people can do is to think about how mental health affects their lives and the lives of the people in their family. Because to your point, most people don't talk about anything until it hits home, until it happens to them. They can see that it's happening to somebody else, but they'll ignore it because they'll say it has nothing to do with me. Well, it does. And it will impact you too um, if you keep ignoring it. You know, and that's the thing, ignorance. You know, people don't want to talk about things. They don't want to know about things because it's hard. And it is hard. It's complex. It's not simple because it doesn't, it's not the same thing that applies to every person. So yeah, there's some complexities to it, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be talked about. And so I think in order to encourage people to, to talk is that we have to stop judging. If we take judgment off the table, and stop judging for labels or comparing people. Because you know you can have one person that's schizophrenic, another person that's schizophrenic, they're, they're completely different. You may have somebody who's depressed and another person that's depressed completely different. You may have somebody that's functional and you may have somebody that's not completely different, same diagnosis. People have perceptions of what they think things need to be. And we have to stop you know, getting ahead of the game and just start having the conversations and seeing what we can do. And a lot of people also feel like it's not their problem, but it's everybody's problem. And so to that point, everybody needs to be talking about it because it, it impacts everybody at some point. And if not them directly, which I don't see how not, um, eventually it will affect somebody that they love. That's that's really interesting. So like my cat is my cat is screaming at the, at the moment. Uh, like you can hear it time to time. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so people, 
Okay, so we just got a break from that deep conversation. Okay. That's the most that's the most awesome part about having a cat. Okay. So back to the point. Okay. So the last thing we were talking about, like how people can actually uh break like speak more often, like yeah, speak more off from their end and share more because they're they're gonna get affected directly or indirectly. Yeah. Like the, go ahead, please. Yep, you said people need to share more. Um, the thing about it is there's so many platforms right now. Whether you have a platform, I have a platform, I have a podcast. Um, I mean, you have people that have podcasts, blogs, um, people teach at schools. You know somebody that has a platform. And I think a lot of people feel like they have to be certified or have a degree in something. But the key to, to changing history, changing perception, changing mindsets and building healthy communities is in storytelling. And so, you know, just like, you know, you asked me about my story. My story started as a 14 year old girl that was raped that didn't know what to do that wound up pregnant. And now at 40 years old, I own three businesses. And, you know, I, my journey was long and hard, but I now know that there is power in my story because my story is what I use to empower others to overcome what's happening because believe it or not, as traumatic as it may be, it's temporary. And so if we hold on to trauma forever, I mean, we are literally enabling just loss, you know, continuous just depression, grief, anxiety. And when we start telling our story, it frees us. And it not only frees us, but it frees somebody else who thinks that they're the only person that feels the way that they do. So regardless of what your educational background, where you live, because I'm in Hawaii and you're across the world and it doesn't matter. Yep. So it doesn't, it doesn't even matter where you are now. There's no barriers. It's just your voice and the opportunity to help somebody understand that they too will be okay. It's, you know, take some time, process what's going on and let it go get support because people feel like, oh, I can't afford a therapist. I can't get a friend. It's somebody, get anybody, talk, talk, talk to them, start somewhere and stop allowing it all to be up here because up here (laughs) getting stuck in our own heads is the worst thing we can do. And too many people live there just in their heads. And that's just not a good thing. Yeah, like we are trying to break that thing. Like that's that's the whole point of doing anything that we do because we are, we are trying to break that the, the barrier of the yeah stigmas and yep. the barriers of the head. Yep. That that's a piece. Okay, so tell me more about the the other traumas that you had in your life, like from fourteen to forty. That like I know that's long and that's uh, oh no, a lot. I got you. That's a lot. I, I got it because I talk about it all the time. <laughs> Um, I've been in about 14 car accidents. Um, I have four bulging discs. Um, I actually, when I had my son, I had pulmonary embolisms and almost died. Um, and then I was paralyzed. 
for a while. I had to learn how to walk again. Didn't know it was from these bulging discs that were undiagnosed. Uh, just woke up and couldn't walk one day. Um, okay, so and then, what's called uh, bulging discs? Bulging oh, discs. The discs in my spine, they're sticking oh. out. Oh. Yeah. From a car accident. Yeah. But I was in my 20s, so they were like, oh, you're fine. You know, you're going to heal. It's just fine. And then it turned into arthritis. And, like, I woke up one day and just in pain, like, hey, my legs aren't really working that well. Um, and it just goes to, to people just not caring perceptions. You know, you walk in, you're young, they look at you and say, oh, you're, you know, you just, you're going to be just fine. Um, dealing with me medical is a whole nother conversation. Don't even get me started on that one. Um, but yeah, that, that was traumatic because it, it, it prevented me from being able to be a mom to my three kids that I have this medical issue that nobody wants to classify. You just want to tell me it's all in my head because I have trauma. Um, when the reality is I actually had discs sticking out of my back, but nobody was willing to check. Um, and then like 10 years later, I finally get a CT scan and find out what's really wrong after I had to learn how to walk on my own. So, um, you know, health, I have chronic illness and a lot of that chronic illness, they associate with trauma. Um, but I mean, I've been homeless three times. Um, and through it all, I just, I set goals. Um, I, it took me 10 years to finish my master's degree and now I'm doing my PhD. Um, I love to learn. And I think when you have that fire, you have to pick a passion. For me, it's, it's helping people be leaders. I love leadership because I feel like some people were born as leaders. I don't think we go through the things that we go through for no reason. I think it's meant to change the world. I, it's meant to prepare you for whatever your path is. Um, we just have to understand that our path it has to do with our purpose. And sometimes you just got to move forward, even when you don't even know what your purpose is, you just keep going. Um, and so with, with all of my traumas, I kind of just stack them on top of each other. It's like, oh, you too. Okay. Well, now I got some more stuff to talk about, you know? And it's like, I've been through so much. It's like, even when I'm going through it last week, something happened to my daughter and I was down, but I couldn't even be down. I was trying to be uh, hopeless. And I, I couldn't because I don't even believe that you can stop me at this point. It's like, yeah, everything has come and tried to stop me. And it's like, yeah, but I know I'm gonna get back up. So I'm not even worried about it right now. I'll just sit down and rest for a minute. And then I'll get back up and keep fighting. And, and that's just kind of how it is now. Cause I'm like, I almost feel unstoppable, but I think it, it gets to when, when you encounter trauma, you got to understand that challenges, they make you, they make you strong. Obstacles are, are meant to redirect your path because sometimes we're not going down the right path and we're too stubborn to acknowledge it. Even when our intuition or God or whoever we believe tells us, hey, you're not doing the right thing. We're like, oh, whatever. Well, those obstacles come to redirect us and say, hey, shift, go left, go right. And during those obstacles, that's where the lessons are learned. And if we don't take the time to learn the lessons through our tri 
our, our trauma, we'll never triumph. Um, and, and you have a lot of people who just plow through life. They just plow. They just pounce on people. They just keep going. They don't pay attention. They just got tunnel vision. It's just like from the beginning to the end. And it's like, you missed everything that, that, that happened throughout your life. You missed the family, the fun, the friends, the, the opportunity. You just missed it because you just didn't care. You were just looking straight ahead. Um, and for me, it's a matter of taking everything. Like my life seems like seasons or chapters. And every time I turn the page, I get excited because I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> I already killed that dragon. So what's behind door number two? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It's, it's all up here. Okay. It's like a few things I, I'd like to say there, like not say, but I'm actually like the former person that is said, like not, not like, um, like the vision, like the state of vision, like, like nothing to care about. Maybe because I'm a young guy still now. <laughs> I'm pretty young at this moment. So maybe I have that at the moment. However, so I do have this drive of like trying new things like that you mentioned. Interesting. Like, I don't know, like, is it a different set of people? I think those people yeah. who have a vision also are excited about doing everything thing. Like I'm excited to talk to you. Let's say I'm excited to talk to other people. I'm excited. I'm excited to start new things or do learn new things. I'm really excited, mm -hmm. really, really excited, not just excited about doing those things. So how do you find it? Like you said, you mentioned like there are two types of people, like visions and uh, yeah. like not two, but like that you said, like two. Uh, one is clearly visionized, and second yeah. one are safe. Food. Keep it safe. Some yeah. people like safety. They don't like risk taking. And, and, you know, it's funny because you said this because my husband said this to me last night because I'm like, what is it about me? He's like, you have an entrepreneurial mindset. I, I think there are categories of people because to your point, they're visionaries and, and visionaries and creatives and empaths, I put them all in a, in a bucket because they're very similar. They're open-minded. They're, they, they're believers. They're, you know, they feel for other people. They do and serve other people. Um, but also you have entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. And, and I actually looked up the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. And there's a difference between those terms. Entrepreneurs are people who seek out to solve a problem that hasn't been solved. So they're innovative. And in order to be innovative, you have to be a risk taker. And so there are those of us who live for that because we're, we're constantly trying to fill gaps. There's a lot of gaps in this world and you're currently feeling one by getting the word out and saying, it's okay to talk about what's wrong, you know? And, and there's, there's so many gaps and it takes so many people, but you also have leaders and followers. And I love leadership because leadership is more than a po politician or a preacher or a teacher. Leaders are all among us. It's the people who are willing to say what's uncomfortable. The people who are willing to do what nobody else will do. The people who are willing to put themselves behind others for the mission. It's the people who are able to bring people together for one common goal. That's what a leader is. And, and social media has this misperception that a leader is an influencer. Influencers are not leaders. They're just people who do something and people just hit like and follow. Leaders are different. And so when I look at entrepreneurs, one of the thing about it is entrepreneurs are leaders, whether they want to be or not, because you're setting a trend. 
And so to your point, there are different types of people. And, and, and you can say two buckets or 10 because some I'm noticing some have some qualities and not the other ones. I'm like, I thought you were a full bred entrepreneur, but you're just a 10 percenter, you know? So it's just, you know, it's a thing, but to your point, it's, it's all in the mindset. And, and I, I realized that some of us were born to not conform. Some of us were born to lead. We, we were born knowing that we're different, that no matter what was going on, we weren't just doing what everybody else was doing. We were always looking for what we could do to make things better. And that's who I call myself, whatever that word is. No, actually, no one knows what what those are. Like, as you said, like, no one knows how you define yourself. Maybe by words, we can, like, for letting others know, we can call this, this word. But on the top, we don't, we, even we don't know what we are. Yep. We are figuring yep. out. We are figuring out life. Still figuring it out, and look, we'll never figure it out. We can keep trying. I, I literally, I actually had a few conversations with people who actually define personalities. The past one was, uh, and the best one was about face reading. It was with Alan Stevens. Uh, he was a guest on my other podcast, and he talked about. He didn't talk about the features in terms of just the qualities. He, yeah. he related qualities with the features that they physically have. Like, mm-hmm. even like, even when looking at my hand, he just said, this is like, big. he's not an astrologer, but uh, the features yeah. of like, there is a gap mm-hmm. in it. So he defines it. That's how I, I actually forgot what he said. That, that's my cat again. <laughs> okay. He was all, like all the time he was sitting on my lap. Now he's on the table. Yeah, so I really had an interesting conversation with him, as well as on he also talked about mental health, as well he also had a trauma, and it was all on and at the podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's the thing. So it was really like it's, it was a go go ahead. Psychology is amazing. So that's my field. My bachelor's is in criminal justice, and believe it or not, back in the day they would use those features to determine, to classify criminals. So robbers had a certain look, you know, sexual predators had a certain look. It it was a thing. It literally was a thing. So tall, short, round face, you know, stubby. There were all these things that actually they went by to profile criminals. So to your point, what you just said, you have those, you have the personalities and then you have colors. Too colors tell you a whole lot about a person. I have not studied about that yet. I I this the, the oh. color thing is extremely new to me. Extremely new. The oh, first it's time... awesome! You'll love it. Okay, so I have to figure that. Like I have to find those. So mm-hmm. tell me about it more. A bit more about the colors. I actually interviewed somebody on my podcast about three three years ago. Uh, Lean Potgeister. She's in South Africa. She's one of the people that I know that studies colors, but you can look it up now because it's really big. Um, It's like the psychology of colors, um, not colorism, because that has to do with races, but it's literally like you can look at colors and talk about what colors people wear or what colors mean, even in branding. So I do digital marketing. And so now I'm starting to really look at it. And I even recommend certain colors for my clients according to what their goal and their mission is. 
because you know your oranges mean something different. Red is bold, um, but colors like you can literally sit in a mall and just look at people, and it'll tell you a whole lot just by what they have on. Um, and so, like I've been, I've been color minded for a really long time, but didn't know that there was a science behind it. You know, so um, and now I live in Hawaii, so it makes me like look at tropical colors. Like I'm starting to wear tropical colors today. I picked black because I was like, I'm on camera all day, so I'm like, I'm gonna do black. But check it out, colors. It it's it's seriously a thing, and it's it just makes you think, and then you question yourself all the time because then you're looking at your house and you're like. Well, what does my living room say? Well, what does my kitchen say? But what about my pots? Like, what does it say about me? Um, today I have red hair. Tomorrow it'll probably be blonde. Like, colors actually say a lot. So, you know, it's a thing. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, it's interesting. So the fact is, I even I do branding. However, I don't deal with colors. That that's a major part. I always go around. Hey, this is I'm not good with colors. I don't know about colors yet, or I'm on the like strategy side of design. So like I'm not on the on the side of colors. I always have a graphic designer on my end who is extremely good at colors, and I literally divert like what what is this? What can we do with? They said these are the traits we need on this brand. So how what colors can we? Let's say we not traits. Um, let's say the values. So we figured out the values. The this through our discovery process. Now, what can we do? What colors we can do with the values? That's the thing. Just because do, I don't um, because print I up don't... a little brand board. They they literally have it like in a board, like a you know, just like we do brand boards. They have yep. it and just print it one time and just look at it. It blow your mind just like looking at it. What navy blue means? Because I've had two clients that like they want earth colors, and I'm like, this is so safe. Like <sighs> it's safe. <laughs> you know like oh my god it's safe but no seriously it's a it's interesting because my colors are now black white and red which is so actually I, what i have on <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh my favorite color is red uh not my favorite favorite color is red from the very young age but i re i really wear it for some reason it's not like I really wear it. My mother doesn't want me to wear it for some reason. I like wearing red shirts and that's the thing. We wear red shirts and red everything. That's the Yeah, no, that's, that's the thing because my favorite color was orange for a long time and I never wore it. So I get that. And I love so black t-shirts. So. so I wear black coats easy to wear. Like I literally, you, you wear anything, you can wear black you have it like it's, with anything it just yeah, goes just, yeah but with goes. red let's say you're in in a uh, light colored blue jeans okay can you wear red but you can wear black it really doesn't matter like so like in terms <laughs> it's it's a wild card for everything yeah it is it is okay. it's the go-to okay. for everything okay Okay, so we far, it's just far from our main topic, but that doesn't matter <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> it, it was fun talking, talking absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to <laughs> traumas. It, it sounds weird. Yeah, it sounds so bad. I don't know, like, why does it sound so bad? Let's get good, good back to traumas. 
Okay. <laughs> no, it's good because you have to laugh to keep from crying. I mean, you know, to your point, trauma, humor. I am like a clown now. All I do is laugh and crack jokes. Um, it's actually a coping skill. What skills do I mean the word? Hmm? I missed the word that you said, a coping skill. I said humor is a coping skill. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know if I'm not humorous or not. I'm trying to be. Yeah. Everything is skill. Everything is skill. Everything is skill. You can learn anything. And you can laugh. You can laugh just because, you know, you. I make fun of myself mostly. Um, I'm really good at that. And it's not in like a detrimental way. It's just a thing like, oh, you know, I just, it's, you know, just shake it off, like laugh a little bit because when you go through a lot, I mean, trauma can either steal your joy or it can teach you how to find joy despite external situations. You know, you got to find joy inside. And when you find joy inside trauma, it doesn't matter what you go through, you can get through it. And I think that's where everybody has to get to. We're so dependent on external things that we can't control. And when you let go of the fact that you can't control it, you didn't create the universe, you have no control over the weather, you have no control over other people and how they drive, you have no control over the economy, you can only do your part. And when you learn that you're, you have to live inside this head and this body, and when you can determine that you're good with that and do make the changes that you need to to be good with that, then everything else is golden. Okay, that's your thing. So I, I wanted, really wanted to talk about that, but however, so we have a very short time together. <laughs> so um, I'm very sorry about that. Uh, okay, so let's, let's sh- shortly cover about that, uh, uh, about this part. Uh, how can actually people work on finding their internal happiness? This is the last question and last question as in like before we end it. Uh, you said how can people work on finding happiness? Yeah, inner happiness. They got to just love themselves. Um, Too often, especially people with trauma backgrounds, they like to love everybody else first. They want to get in a relationship and latch on. Um, You have to love yourself first. You have to date yourself. You um, You have to spend time with yourself. You have to do devotion, meditation, spiritual awakening, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I spend every day, which today I cut my devotion short for this interview, but guess what? I'm going to do it after because every day I just spend time with myself. Um, And I was a mom, you know, at 24 and my life kind of just went to being a mom first, but now I'm 40. I'm getting back to, well, first of all, I never knew who I was before I became a mom. So now I'm getting to find out who is Anika, who is Anika and what does she have to offer and what's cool about her. And every day I learn something different about myself and I'm, I'm loving it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in love with me and it's, it's okay. And I don't give a damn who doesn't like it. Like, it's like, Hey, she's cool. And, you know, I surprise myself every day. Um, and, you know, doing something or knowing something or talking to somebody and they're like, Oh my God, like, you know that. And I'm like, Oh, you don't know that. I thought everybody knew that, you know, but it's a lot of it is just being able to look back at what I've been through. Um, and where I am now and where I'm going and I get excited. And so you have to take the time to figure out what's valuable about you. What is the most unique thing about you? What do you have to offer others? And 
how is that going to change your life? And when you just focus on your goals, nothing else matters. It's sometimes painful, though I, I would agree. Yeah. I say that like sometimes it's very painful, even though you are focusing on only your goals, uh, but it's periodic. Periodic. It's, it is. And one of the reasons why I didn't achieve my goals faster is because I wasn't focused on them. And, you know, it took me 10 years to get that degree because I didn't put that degree first. I let everything, I made excuses. It was like, I kept pushing success off because I didn't think I was worthy of it. And then the minute that I made it a priority, I accomplished it. And so now that's what I do. Like I self-sabotage things that I'm not really, that I don't believe in that I just commit to. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't do it wholeheartedly. And that's why it's not successful. But when you set your goals, like you don't allow your parents to set them, you don't allow your spouse or your friends to tell you what you should do. When you know inside what you really, 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 really want to do, and you set out to do that, and you put 100% behind it and stop putting 20% to five things, you'll make it. And so, you know, even if you're struggling with being happy with yourself, achievement builds confidence. And so if you can set a goal and achieve it, it'll build your confidence and you'll see yourself differently. And sometimes, oh, sometimes that's where it all starts. My hair is like all over my face. Sometimes that's where we have to start, you know, set your goal, achieve it and believe that you can do that over and over again. Um, I think that experiencing trauma and all that, it messes with our confidence and that's the key word. Confidence is key. Okay, yeah, confidence is key. That's how we end it. However, before ending it, so tell me about uh, two things. One, what is the Infinite Women's Network? And the second, where can our listeners find you online? Listeners or viewers? The Infinite Women's Network is the global network for high-achieving women. So over the course of my life, I have experienced um, times where I needed support. I needed professional help. I needed business development. Um, and so we have memberships for women who are in every stage of life, whether you need personal development, professional development, business development. But we also have support groups for military spouses, moms, wives, um, cancer survivors, chronic illness, podcasters, whatever you are, we have a, a support group and it's off social media. It's on its own portal. Um, and then that and that launched recently and i'm excited about that um it's global um and we do trainings three times a month and we also have networking speed networking once a month on the 15th of every month um so join join infinite women's network and you can find that at mbg.infinitewomensnetwork.com and you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet so i'm anika wilson and sometimes you'll see anika mbg wilson my company is nobody greater and so you can find me there and also on my podcast, Your Voice, Your Power with Anika on all podcast platforms. Okay, so that's for today. So our today's guest was Anika Wilson and she was a thought leader, speaker, podcast host, conference curator and a business consultant. And by this, okay, before someone is going that way, this is my cat again. Uh, that's it for today. This was, this was your host, Mahmoud, signing off. And that's the end of today's episode. I know taking action is quite a hard job to do. 
So I hope the advice and insights we got today will help you to take the leap of faith and pursue your dreams. You can share your story with us with the first link in the description box and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on the Apple Podcast. We will come back with another episode till then keep healing, learning and growing. Thank you.